0: What is up everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's edition of Draft Season presented by Turn on the Just Digital. I am your moderator D.A. Osorio, Joined as always by the the rest of the four horsemen of draft season, James Coons, Joe Billick, Michael Megan. Fellas, how you doing? Doing good, Dalvin. Feeling good, man. Meeks, how you feeling? I think we have our quarterback. So, you know, yeah pretty, yeah, good, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. James, how are you feeling?
1: Doing well, doing
0: well. And let me and let me tell you why I selected that song to kick us off this week. Right. Because so James is probably if there was If our guest today could be framed in one rap song, it would be something from Snoop Dogg. If James could be (laughs) framed by one rap song, it would be the incomparable Jack Harlow, who is the dopest white rapper out right now. (laughs) So that is James. James is the dope white rapper of the crew. Um, Welcome, guys. You guys know the drill. Seven rounds of draft talk. We do have an interview today. But I first wanted to let you guys know that for round one of the NFL draft, Turn on the Jets is hosting a Draft Season Live podcast from Camilla's Tasting Room in New York City. Three-fourths of us will be there because James has too many ladies to keep track of in the Northwest and has to stay over there. Uh, So three of us will be there. The rest of the TOJ writers will be there. We'll be giving out some stuff. Uh, You know, come join us, have some wine, have some craft beer, and watch us celebrate the fact that we believe the Jets have made their choice at quarterback. We believe that there is no more smokescreen. There is no more, you know, guesswork being done into this. And so we're going to kick off round one with this. Guys, Zach Wilson elected to put on a show, a show in Mormon country uh, at his pro day. And we still have Justin Fields' pro day coming up. But as Zach Wilson's pro day was going on, the Philadelphia Eagles traded out of six to go back to 12 after the Miami Dolphins traded out of three to go to 12 and then go back up to six. James, I'll start with you. Did that solidify the fact that Zach Wilson is the pick at two for the New York Jets?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it helps solidify that Wilson's going to be the pick. Um, But things have been trending in that direction for a while. I think as of two weeks ago, Vegas had minus 500 odds that Wilson would be the pick. And before the pro day, I think they were at around minus 200, but they're back around minus 500 right now. Um, I think the trade that the 49ers made, like they would have traded with the Jets if the Jets were a viable trade option. And seeing as every single draft analyst who's plugged in, like Daniel Jeremiah, um, literally everybody thinks that Wilson is going to be the pick, it feels a bit foolish to think otherwise as of right now. So I think Wilson's going to be our next QB, and um, I'm looking forward to talking about him a little bit more over the next few weeks and few months.
0: And I will say Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles actually wanted to go up to three, but only if Zach Wilson was there. And I think as evidenced by the fact that the Niners are the ones that traded up, that lets us know that Zach Wilson will not be there. Joe, you are holding on to some hope that Justin Fields is is, is the pick, but what do you think of the Jets zeroing in on their next franchise quarterback?
2: It does look like it's going to be Zach Wilson, but I think that, the move by the 49ers and the jets potentially not being interested was more solidifying the fact that they're looking for a quarterback now i don't know 100 percent that it's zach wilson i think we need to check out justin fields pro day i think if he runs a 4340 people are going to start to talk a little bit and maybe there's going to be a little bit of battle between those two guys and i hope it is because i think justin fields is a quarterback too i hope he is the selection but i understand why people think it could be zach wilson at the same time, you know people are speculating why the Jets didn't take that trade with the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I've always expected they're going to take a quarterback, but I, I wouldn't be surprised the Jets even moved back if they could have to say four and still took a quarterback. The reason they didn't make a trade with the 49ers is because there was no reason to move to 12. It would make absolutely no sense for them if they were still in the quarterback market. So I don't think that necessarily was like, oh, this Zach Wilson is definitely the guy. But again... Let's see what happens Tuesday because Justin Fields could still could still be
0: the guy. Come on, let's let's leave some hope out there for the rest of us. keep some hope. So Joe, you're saying that you did not think Chris Greer trading back to twelve and then trading back up to six was <laughs> was something that Joe Douglas would do. Meeks, you are a Chris Greer fan. You love you some Chris Greer. Uh, What did you think of Miami's decision? And I will also say this, because a lot of Jet fans were saying, well, now Miami has enough to go get Deshaun Watson. Please understand. Miami had enough to go get Deshaun Watson when they were at three. They did not need to go back to go to get more assets to go and get him. They could have just sat at three, traded the third pick, the 18th pick, another first next year and get Deshaun Watson that way. I think folks need to wrap their heads around the fact that as of right now, because, you're talking about 22 allegations that are going on. The Deshaun Watson market is paused right now until that's taken care of. me. what'd you think of a team in our division, the Dolphins, doing something that I'll admit I thought was a little silly. I thought you go back to 12 and then go back up to six. It doesn't make any sense to me. But what did you think about that? So basically
3: they got a first and a third round pick to go three spots, which in like the, realm, like the relative terms of value I think is a good move. But the first they got is two years from now where the quarterback we think the 49ers are going to have will be in their second year in Shanahan system and look at the history of second years in the Shanahan system Matt Ryan, MVP, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, a lot of quarterbacks take their leap in their second year. So I don't think that's going to be a very high pick. And none of these assets that they got are going to be in this draft, the third rounders in 2022 and that first rounders in 2023. So, don't like Chris Greer. I don't think he's great at drafting. He had three first-round picks. He turned it into Tua, Austin Jackson, and Noah Iubanagani, and those players are good right now. So Brandon Bean's still the gold standard for this division, and I hope Chris Greer stays in the division a long time.
0: <laughs> I think, I think, I think the one thing that we definitely have to figure out is Miami. Clearly, you know, unless they're eyeing, you know. Mac Jones at 6 and I know that there's a lot of talk right now about Mac Jones potentially going third to the 49ers. Um but I think I think they're rolling with Tua. I think that the reason they took the assets in 2022 and 2023 is because now they have assets to move up and get their guy if Tua falters. But again, you could have just taken the third best quarterback in this draft and moved down from Tua, right? That could have been it. Um let's jump real quick right to grading the the mock that we got for for this week. Meigs, I will start with you. We're grading we're uh what did you think of the first pick in this mock draft that they gave the jets first let the folks know who they took and what did you think about the player that they took oh meeks froze joe i'm gonna to go to you joe what do you think about the jets first first pick in this mock draft that we're grading all right quiddy
2: pay you know quiddy is a beast he's an athletic freak 4'5-240, 36 rent, reps on the bench press hello that's ridiculous but you know what, Dalbin, I thought I knew who Quiddy was, more of a 4-3 strong side defensive end, someone who could come in and compete with, say, Jonathan Franklin Myers for that starting role. When I watch him on film, he definitely looks more like he's four, maybe closer to 280 pounds. But after his pro day at 6'2", 260 pounds, now I see him as more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, a weak side defensive end, or potentially a pass rushing specialist. I've talked a lot about D4 on the show and bringing in in someone who could satisfy that role. And Daniel Jeremiah actually compared him to Quiddy after his pro day. So I think that could work for now until maybe they take him, you know, work him in and maybe he could take over for Lawson down the line. I know Lawson's making about $15 million a year. I could see Quiddy eventually, you know, taking over that role and then spending that money elsewhere. Now, Quiddy does need to add some pass rushing tools to his game box and refine his technique but I can see him there. There is no reason to think he can't build upon what he did early this year when he was pretty much unblockable from a pass rushing perspective. And adding him to a rotation that includes Q, Foley, Rankins, Curry, JFM, and Lawson would be crazy. That's one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and that's not hyperbole. Plus, Quiddy's an excellent run defender with the potential to be elite. He uses his length very well to control the offensive line and just has great vision in the run game. There are things he does from a diagnostic perspective that NFL players can't even do. No joke. If people want to know more, just GM me at Jojet underscore five, and I'll break it down for you. It's pretty sick. Now, I wouldn't mind trading back here too, but if they went with Quiddy, you know, I'd be cool with it. Listen, Quiddy brings the pain, man. Let's do it. I gave this pick a B plus.
0: James, do you, do you in your because one of the things we've talked about a lot is right now, as it currently stands, the Jets have nobody at corner absolutely nothing it seems that like they've invested in the defensive line right and you know and it's i think it's a perfect segue to 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 our to our guests when we when we when we get to him but you look at a team like the cleveland browns the cleveland browns invested in the pass rush, but they also had denzel ward it's a bit easier to invest in the pass rush and have a solid corner there would you have gone a different direction here at 23 i think that was my first thought i might have gone in a different direction do you agree
1: well no i think it's a very understandable pick um Personally, I probably would have taken Tevin Jenkins because our offensive line isn't that great. Um, But the reason they took Quiddy Pay here, and the reason I think that's a realistic pick is because when you have a ton of draft picks, like the most important thing is that you get like solid base hits with these early picks. And I think Quiddy Pay's athleticism allows him to have some production immediately in the NFL. Now, I think the other thing with pay is that he was disadvantaged by playing in like a very multiple role with Michigan. You know, he played all through all on the line, like inside, outside. Um, And I think that hurt him insofar as it stopped him from having a ton of experience at one position. Um, So looking at Quiddy pay, it's a very understandable pick. I think if he makes it to 23, it's extremely likely that he's the pick. Um, Not only because Edge is an important position in this defense and in the NFL, but generally just because um, he's extremely athletic, which fits one of the Jets front office priorities. And he's also very high character. He's basically like a refugee of like an African civil war. um, And he does a ton of like work on his own um, in that area. So I think he would be an extremely realistic pick.
0: I think I like that you mentioned the the flexibility that he that that he knows to play across the line, right? And I think when you look at the Jets signing Vinnie Curry, who was still productive last year, they signed Sheldon Rankins, they signed them the money expecting the Sheldon Rankins from before the injuries, right? So you have him, you have Q, you now have Carl Lawson. Um, I think. It's interesting that you mentioned Joe. You mentioned you see him more as a three-four outside linebacker, maybe a weak side defensive end. Um, and I wonder if his flexibility across the line, because I think the Jets. I think while we may see a four-three over, right? i th- You know, I think that might be. I think we're going to see a lot of five-two looks, man. I think you know five-one-five looks, right? Especially with the returning C.J. Mosley. And so I and you know what uh what Patrick Graham does with the Giants is that NASCAR, right? From Steve Steve Magnano, it's just literally you just put your four best pass rushers after it, right? And I. Wonder if that's where you see him get a lot of playing time. If that's the route that the Jets go, I think you're right, James. I think I could see him being the pick. Um, I just I think I would have I think I would lean more towards if I had to rank needs, especially after Lawson adding Vinny Curry, adding Sheldon Rankins. I think defensive line slash edge isn't really something that I would put as a need. I think offensive line and cornerback are where I would I think focus some of these assets. Um, Let's jump right into our interview, and we are joined now. As you guys know, I started we started draft season here at TOJ roughly six years ago, and I reached out to a former wide receiver, a gangster rap aficionado from New Jersey, (laughs) from New Jersey, who I said, man, you know, I need to do this with somebody that, one, I have chemistry with, two, that knows the game, and three, is a Jets fan, right? Mm -hmm. Now, don't be confused at the fact that he now absolutely has cornered the market on Browns coverage with Lockdown Browns. Our guest at this time, Mr. Jeff Lloyd, is still very much a Jets fan. He's still very much a Jets fan. Father to two awesome baby girls, Jeff Lloyd, locked on Browns. Thank you for joining us, man. How you feeling, brother?
4: Uh, we doing good, Dalvin. I think the first thing is, is you weren't even a father yet back then, bro. We were, you know. I remember you mentioning, man, maybe we're thinking about it. Maybe it's time. And now I see all these great pictures of you, obviously, you know, loving the life, obviously, with your beautiful little girl. Thank you. Um, it's going to be – ex- this is – I mean, last year was weird as far as draft coverage, but at least we got the combine. Um, this year, you know, and obviously everybody's going, you know, pumping up pro days. Mm-hmm. But what what are you supposed to do? I mean, look, people got to put out content. Uh, they got to make money. Uh, and, you know, and Editors want their content put out. It, are some things maybe getting a little bit more, you know, exorbitant than in years past Mm -hmm. but yeah uh, but you want to know what Eh, everybody's still reading everybody's still listening and everybody's eyes are going to be glued for about you know 12 14 16 hours come that last weekend in april
0: that's right that's right and honestly i'm glad you mentioned a pro day so i'm gonna kick this off i will start with our first question and then we will go around the horn with you let's talk about zach wilson's pro day like the 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 throw herd round the world, if you will, the throw herd, the third, the throw herd round New Jersey was his him rotating to hit to the left side off his back foot, fading away, looked like a Steph Curry three right in the bucket. That was the throw that had everybody saying "Wow!" Right? Even had some Jet fans showing a throw that Sam Darnold made that was similar to Braxton Mario's on a game they were down 31 to three. What are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? We've talked, I know you and I have talked quarterbacks. Uh, I know you like Justin Fields too. You think this is a good quarterback class. What do you think of Zach Wilson overall, man?
4: I think the first thing that stands out is arm strength. And I'm not saying that other guys don't have it. And this is one thing I see, you know, week in, week out, you know, with Baker Mayfield and everybody all only short. It's this, that, that, it don't matter. I mean, you know, there's no difference than, you know, major league starting pitchers. If you got the gas, you got the gas. You can get away with some things at times. Obviously, you know, as far as splitting coverage, uh, is he, you know, compared to some of these other guys, is he that athletic? No, but you know, there's Uber athletes at the quarterback position in the NFL now, and then there's guys who are just average athletes and that's fine. Uh, There's really nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, you can still, you know, win the game with your arm, which is a number one, what you're supposed to do. Um, you, 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 just kind of fall in love with the kid. Just like everything is smiling and excitement and you realize he knows the path that he's on and you know, normally all oh, quarterbacks, need to be more reserved duty at 21, 22 years old. And understanding you're about to go take New York city by storm, good or bad. We'll say, because we know the way New York works, you know, some weeks you're the hero, some weeks you're the villain, obviously. Um, But just everything you see and when the ball comes out of his hand, it, it just, it's different and it's not a knock on field. It's certainly not a knock on, you know, Trey Lance, but it is interesting that when you're talking about a group of four quarterbacks, that you do have a young man from North Dakota state with not a ton of experience. You do have Zach Wilson with not, you know, the Parcells criteria doesn't necessarily meet that as well. But the problem is, is the position is just played so well. Nowadays you get very rare opportunities where somebody like a Trevor Lawrence is going to walk into a power five school and basically be handed the ball from day one. Um, you know, that's just, it's just the name of the game now in college football. I just, I think the excitement, what he can bring, and I think everybody maybe is putting a little bit too much on it this early. And whereas Robert Salas saying, look, we got to run the ball 40 times a week and we win 19-16. That's fine with me. I'll win with defense um, while he understands he's going to have to, you know, give his young quarterback time to develop. You know, we have no idea about OTAs or any of this, which is obviously critical for any young quarterback. Um, but I, I think it's the right way to go. I think he is the right guy, the question just going to find out, you know, finishing off the offensive line. And you like you said, Dalvin, you're going to need some cornerbacks yeah. and just getting it back. What you guys said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets double dipping in cornerbacks and doing it early.
0: I love that you mentioned, you know, before, before I go to, before I go to James, I love that you mentioned his uh just kind of his attitude, right? Cause I think there's something to be said. And, and I, I will say this, I, I'm a, you know, we talk about basketball all the time too, right? There's, there was something when we when we saw guys like Allen Iverson play, right, there was there was this mm-hmm. this brashness, right, but also like this very much this understanding, like I am this good, and I will say that Zach Wilson believes he is that good, and I think that there's there's something to be said for that, for believing that you are the baddest man on the planet right now, right? And and I think that's going to lend himself well to New York because I also think that's what Robert Sala brings too. Robert Sala has said it, like we are going to hit you in the mouth, right? We are going to play for 60 minutes. There's not going to be any letdown. And some of that is probably coach speak, but there is a level of confidence in yourself because you've grinded so much to get to this point. James, I'll toss it over to you.
1: Yeah, well, actually just picking up where you left off with cornerback, A player who we haven't talked a lot about on this podcast is Caleb Farley. And that's mainly because we didn't think that he would have any chance of being available at any of our picks. Um, But recently it was announced that he's going to be having a microdisectomy, which has a three-month recovery time. And this is after he tore his ACL in 2017 and had back spasms that cost him two games in 2019. And so he hasn't played in like a year. Um, So I guess my question for you would be, Um, number one, like what are your thoughts on Caleb Farley and how do we reconcile a really good player with a very concerning injury history? And like, if you were the jets and you had the opportunity to pick him, where would you feel comfortable taking Farley? Well, this is
4: one thing where the jets have an advantage. Um, obviously the jets have a lot of picks in this draft. You can maybe, you know, take a question mark and look with Farley. Look, it's now two back procedures. He's got an ACL in the past. As you said, he hasn't played football in a football game in almost 16 months now. I mean, all of that red flag, red flag, red flag. Here's the other thing you don't have any testing numbers on Kale Farley. We don't know how explosive he is as an athlete. We don't know his overall, you know, speed number. So the Jets with needing two corners as of now, look, there's still obviously some on the market. And I, I honestly truly believe there's going to be a veteran brought in here and perhaps someone that Mr. Sala has a decent relationship with already. Intent, wink, wink. Um, But Farley for the Jets is a good one, Um, but it's also going to be, you know, how is your front office working with, you know, what I covered now with the Browns where it's very, very heavy in analytics. You can't have incompletes on your draft report. And that's what you're going to have with Farley. We don't have time speed. We don't have any recent game film. We, you know, and it's, it's going to make for a difficult decision. Does he slip out of round one? I would say maybe it's not the craziest thing in the world, obviously with, you know, the uh, procedure he just had done, nothing's going to change. He's not going to be able to test, you know, before the draft, um, you know, some people, you know, is, is it something he was ducking? You know, then there was people who were trying to tell, you know, basically tell you that there was an issue with Caleb Farley before it was actually announced. There was an issue with Caleb Farley um, 23. If I'm the Jets, maybe is a little too rich. But, you know, you go home that first night after the first 32 picks, knowing you hold pick 34, and, you know, that can make for, hey, we got to put on a pot of coffee. We got to talk here because a cornerback that we maybe had ranked one or two in this draft is now possibly going to be available if they're at 34. Is that something we're comfortable with rolling the dice? I mean, size-wise, you know, looks like he projects to, you know, what he was listed at Virginia Tech. I, I would think thirty-four. If you get through that first night and somehow just, you know, due to the fact that you know Farley's kind of got an incomplete draft report, thirty-four looks really, really tempting for a player with his talent.
0: Before I pass, before I pass this to to Joe, real quick, Jeff, who's the who's the best corner in this class to you?
4: J.C. Horn, not even close, not even close. And the thing is, and and this is what's really cool with this class is you have so many NFL legacy kids. JC Horn's already got that, I've got your, I've got you the epitome your jersey in my trail hands and it, he hides it and he hides it well. And then you go and put together a workout that was, I mean, obscene. I mean, just literally obscene and, you know, oh, well, he's not going to run a second 40. Yeah, I wouldn't either after blazing a 439 and I jumped 41 and a half inches in the air. I mean, I would have just, you know, I mean, he literally could have pulled the uh, the Dion back in the day and said, see y'all later, I'm going home now. Just, you know, call me when we're ready at April, kids.
0: Yep, absolutely. Joe, go ahead. You you know what, Jeff? The Jets are going to be
2: running a system that's predicated on running the ball. And I think that you're pretty familiar with that being a Browns fan. And we've just said a Tevin Coleman. And some people think that this is going to be a running back by committee and it very well may be. Maybe there's going to be a a guy who establishes himself as the lead back or that RB1. Um, What do you think about the backfield for us right now? And how do you feel about where they should continue to address it if they should address it at all? And what is your stance on the running backs don't matter kind of thing that people like to put out there all over the place. And just give me a little feel of like what you feel about Nick Chubb say in the offense that you're watching a lot of, and the role he plays and what you think that offense would potentially be without him. And if the jets should possibly look to bring in somebody like that for themselves. Well,
4: you know, first things first, we're going to see where the cap gets to for obviously 2022, you know, everybody assuming we're going to get back to you know, healthy you know, monetary situations for these NFL franchises. I think Devin Coleman, I think he was brought in more because he, you don't view him in one way um, in Atlanta. He was, he was a big time you know receiver out of the backfield. One thing you're going to do is you want to make sure you got some tight ends. You want to make sure you got some running backs. If you, you know, have set your mind on your young quarter quarterback, but you want a running back. That's going to come on the field similar to Kareem hunt. Are they going to hand it to him? Are they going to throw it to him? Is he in here to block? Um, And that's kind of what Tevin Coleman brings you when healthy, it brings you versatility, you know, as a back, the running game themselves. I I think they are going to invest in somebody. I wouldn't, you know, would it be strange to do it at 23 knowing you still don't have corners? Possibly. But if you're Robert Sala and you, you fear if my, you know, you think if my front seven is doing what they're supposed to be doing or my front six, Dalvin, like you mentioned earlier, if your front six is doing what you're doing, We'll figure it out. You know, we'll obviously, you know, we'll, be, we'll play a little more heavy zone. We'll have that, you know, our defensive backseat you know, a little bit further back. Keep everything in front of us. Bend, don't break type of approach and obviously unleash the pass rushers, you know, similar to San Francisco had done when they were successful, obviously not this past season, the season before. You need to get something else in there. Look, um, running backs don't matter. And this is something that probably trended from fantasy worlds into actual football coverage somewhere along the line. It kind of had a baby and this theory came in. Look, you know, you look at some of these backs who were making big money. Look, you know, Alvin Kamara, the money he's now going to make. Look what he's done for you know all this time in New Orleans. Is he not deserving of this money? And why all of a sudden do you just think there's going to be a drop-off in his play? It's just the way people think. Look, and it also comes down to where you are within your organization. And, you know, like the Browns are one team. Yes, they run the ball and they run it really well, but they literally show you with the business they do, they value coverage more, they value defensive line more, they value offensive line more. So there's still, you know, the pecking order of salary. And if you're a running back, look, you're only getting one second contract. Nick Chubb was not a first round pick. He was a second round pick. So he hasn't made a ton of money in this league. Some team's going to say, hey, three years, $40 million. The Cleveland Browns are most likely going to say, Nick, thanks for everything. It's been great, um, but we've put together a ridiculously good offensive line. When you were injured this year, no fault on Nick Chubb. Dearness Johnson went in there and blazed for 100 yards against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you can always find more. Me, yeah, there's that's special. There's that three, four, five in the league that just separate themselves from the herd. Ezekiel Elliott, when things were right. Alvin Kamara. <clears throat> Nick Chubb is in there as well. Uh, Derrick Henry, that's just, a. I don't even know how you put Derrick Henry when you talk about other running backs. I don't, I don't know how you put six foot two, almost 260 pounds and try to compare him in a conversation with any other running back in the NFL, because that is just a an straight anomaly within itself. Um, but you're going to play this year out and you're going to see, you know, the improvement from your defense. You're going to see on offense, what exactly you're striving to, you know, is Zach Wilson going to be the guy in year two? where you say, hey, we're going to let loose. We're going to look now that it's going to be 17-game schedules. Is he going to be a north of 4,000-yard passer, maybe you know closer to the 4,500-yard mark? Do we trust the kid tossing the pill 40 times a game? So I don't know necessarily they'll trend to a big-money running back, but if you do get one this year, he has a nice rookie year. Uh, you brought in Tevin Coleman to handle – because that's always the most difficult thing with a rookie running back is to – develop into a receiver as well it's you know you, everything is moving at such a faster pace it's difficult to take the running back out of trying to find his lanes reading what every lineman's doing looking at players you know like you know miles garage at and Clowney and understanding they're just as fast as you but maybe weigh almost 100 pounds more than you and just trying to absorb all that and trying to work the young man into the receiving game as well anything other than screens obviously So you're going to take your time, but that's why you bring in a guy like Tevin Coleman who can do a little bit of everything. You're going to bring in a rookie runner. I think Travis Etienne would be a really nice match here. I think he just does a little bit more uh, than the young man out of Alabama. Not that he's not a great player within his own right. I just think Etienne does a little bit more, but you're going to, and it's usually a normal natural progression. If you're bringing in your rookie quarterback, you usually want to find that running back. That's going to go. So at least you have your three, four, year window with the two together but again you can always find a running back any offseason if you're willing to commit the salary to it.
0: Meeks, I'll go to you. In 2019
3: the Browns kind of found themselves where the Jets are now where the offensive line wasn't great and they went out they made the big signing with Jack Conklin took Jed Wills 10 and then their developmental guy Wyatt Teller took a massive leap that I don't think a lot of people were expecting they became maybe the best offensive line or at least the second in 2020, the Jets were not able to make that big free agent signing. Joe Tooney went elsewhere. Corey Lindsay went elsewhere. How would you attack making this O line into something that could really be a strength for the Jets going forward in 2022 and onward? I
4: think, and this is, this is one thing that's changed with offensive line play over the last few years, is <clears throat> I think when everybody talks offensive line, what do you all normally want to talk about? Left tackle. You usually want to talk right tackle. I don't think people understand the importance of the interior and it's having unison. It's having obviously players who have you know worked together, but defensive tackles are three strides away from destroying any play, pass play running play. Um, so it, everybody, it always seems to me a little weird when it's always in this year in this draft class, I mean, there's, you know, talks of what maybe anywhere between five to seven offensive tackles going around one. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not trying to default any of that, but I think people don't understand the importance of interior offensive line play. That is what your run game runs through. Um, you know, for Wyatt Teller, it was a play, obviously the coaching of Bill Callahan, Wyatt Teller was trending that way anyway. Um, and the one thing when Bill Callahan met with him, he said, look, it's great that you're a monster. I need you to be a little bit more of an athletic monster. And Wyatt Teller did that in the off season. Uh, so now it was to the point where we're going to start pulling you. So here we, here you are at your size, you're in much better physical shape. And, you know, there are times where, you know, you saw, I mean, Tyron Mathieu looked like a, a like a nat going off of a car windshield with Wyatt Teller pulling on one play. Um, it, it's it, for me, it, it's become to the point now where I think your interior offensive line play is a lot, lot more important than your tackle play. Look, if you're in the position and you can invest heavily in the tackles, because you're, you know, you're, you're thrilled with what you have going on in the interior, but I think a lot of fans view it the wrong way. They view it outside in where I believe in a lot of, with a lot of NFL franchises. Now they believe it more from inside out just because, I mean, it's easier to chip obviously on the outside, as long as your tackle takes his drops adequately enough, you make it harder on the pass rush to turn that cor- pass rusher to turn that corner. I still believe in, I, I believe it more and more with each offseason Now that fans have a, a big, big misunderstanding of, how an offensive line should
0: be built. And I think you're, you're speaking, you know, Joe, Joe Billick's language because he's been, he's been pounding the table. And, I, you know, my big board is coming out in about a week or so. And I love Rashawn Slater, and I've loved him mm-hmm. for the last, like, three months. But the biggest thing for me is I think he can be an all-pro guard for the next 10 years because he's that And what's wrong with that? There's right, nothing right, wrong with right, that. Right, right, and, and I think that's going to ruffle some Jet fans' feathers because they're like, wait, you didn't put five tackles in your top 15 or whatever. Could you imagine that. him next to Makai
4: Becton? Are you kidding me? <laughs> literally, I mean, could you imagine that? All right, just run left. Run between the guard tackle hole. I don't even care. Just do it yeah. 20 times.
0: Yep, yep, awesome. Jeff. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, go ahead. Go I think like they
2: could run to the left literally the entire game.
0: <laughs> and not, not even have to huddle and
4: just yeah. like literally point. He's going that way. So until you can do something about it, we'll decide to run something different.
0: Yeah, I think Tevin Tevin Coleman could get 100 yards just running behind (laughs) Slater and Beckman for for 20 times. Jeff, thank you so, so much for joining us, man. Uh, We would love to have you back on after the draft to talk Browns. And also, I will say, you got a lot of flack, man, in 2019 for saying that the Jets were behind the Browns in terms of just where they were. A lot of Jet fans were very upset about that, right? And here it is. We're coming off Baker Mayfield's best year as a pro, right? Meigs, you were right. The signing of Conklin, development of Teller, you draft Wills, Right? Like, that's a damn good offensive line. And now, right, you have Miles Garrett, big money Garrett, probably the, if not the best pure pass rusher in the league, no lower than two, right? You added more to that defense. You have Denzel Ward, who's the definition of a shutdown corner. And you guys are a much bigger threat to my daughter's favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> than the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. So hats off to what you guys have done there. And honestly, you guys have been crushing it with Lockdown Browns, man. So just keep up the great work. And I could not be more grateful to call you a brother and a friend. So thank you, man.
4: Oh, D.A., always the best. And um, look, it's, it's, it, w- it was a wild ride this year because, and obviously everybody, and obviously, you know, over the summer, I took a lot, and everybody, Jets fans, I'm like, guys, I, I, do not, I don't see that. I don't see anything here. I, I do not see this team going anywhere. And I literally tried to basically tell everybody I thought it was fool's gold um, you know what they had put in and, you know, it, whatever. I mean, it, it turned out the way it did. Obviously, you know, Joe Douglas a lot more aggressive right now. And I think maybe part of it was is Joe Douglas had his very similar to John Dorsey with um, Q Jackson, very similar to Joe Douglas with Adam Gase going. I don't even know if I ever I want to win with this guy because I doubt I want to be with this guy long term. I already have my eyes, you know, obviously on somebody else for this position. I'm going to do the best I can. But, you know, I don't think this guy's going to get it done. Even if I brought in 17 Hall of Famers, I just think this guy's going to piss off everybody. And it's just not going to work out. Um, But, yeah, look, I mean, obviously brighter days, you know, the state of the AFC East, you know, Dalvin, how many times we talk about this. know what year we actually can talk about the AFC East where somebody else was the champion of the division other than the Patriots obviously the Dolphins you know on the rebuild Patriots made a lot of moves I still am not sure what those moves mean like you brought all these players in to still play with Cam Newton I, I, I don't I'm not really sure